What's going on, everybody? You're listening to I Think I Know Basketball on the Big Heads Media Network. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you engage with us on Twitter, Facebook, IG to continue the conversation and let us know what you think, because we think we know basketball. All right, y'all. So it's been it's been a little bit since we since we hopped on here. But, but first of all, I just want to ask you, Keese, how was your yes. vacation, man? How was your well-earned couple weeks off? Listen, man, the vacation was well, well needed. I had some time to myself to sit down and to think and to reorganize my life and just decompress and just get back out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good, man. I feel like it was a I feel like it was a mini off season, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm back. It's, it's summertime's coming, it's about to be a hot boy summer. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I gotta get ready. I gotta get ready. Yeah, not a white boy summer though. When we're not we're not on that. Uh, you know, what was it? Was that uh, Tom Hanks? Yeah, Chet Hanks or whatever. Yeah, Tom Hanks' kid was like, it's going to be a white boy summer. Like, uh, Ew, Chet, how about, how about, Chet Hanks, Jamaican. What's going on? <laughs> All right, man. So so since, since we've been, you know, getting back in the swing of things, man, some poor souls have been getting obliterated. I mean, Miles Listen, Bridges, oh, my God. Oh, my Miles God. Bridges, bodies. bodies. I, I, I'll tell you what. Miles Bridges... Uh, you know, so, somebody must have gone ahead and anointed him with the holy orders, anointed him a priest, because he's out there baptizing dudes in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Poor All right, let's Clint just get Capella, let's just get right into it. So we're talking about the Miles Bridges dunk over Clint Capella, and 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 we you we want to know, well, you want to know, and I want to know from each other and from you, the listeners, is that dunk better than the Anthony Edwards dunk from earlier this season? I I, I don't. I, you want to answer first? My first blush is, I, I don't know. I, I feel like in a way with, with Anthony Edwards, it, it's just more shocking because we didn't really, I mean, like, yeah, of course he, you know, we, we knew he was athletic and, and all that, right? But we didn't know he, he was like that. You know what I mean? Like, that was pretty crazy. Like, Miles, Miles Bridges does this. Like, Miles Bridges has been doing this. It, yeah, it doesn't exactly. do yep. the dunk that he just had, but Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. was just like, oh, my God. Like, are you for... Yeah, the Anthony... You're right. The Anthony Edwards one was definitely more... There and abuse people like that, he, and he did. He did. He got it was definitely, so yeah, It was definitely more shocking. It was definitely more shocking. Now, the Miles Bridges one, like you said, he does this. And the thing that's crazy about this, for me, with the Miles Bridges one, is I feel like he's been on a trajectory to do this to someone all season. This guy's been catching windmills in traffic, reversed alley-oop from Melo, all types of stuff. And it's just like, you knew you knew the parting of the seas was going to happen. And there was going to be a soul there that he could take. And he did. I'll, I'll say this, you know, in, in terms of like, you know, name recognition, right? Um, you know, Clint Capella is, is definitely a little bit of a bigger name than whoever Anthony Edwards dunked on. I can't even remember his name right now. We got to go back in the archives to look for that. And he's an, he's an elite shot blocker. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, no, he's known for that. Now, I don't know. It's like, in, in just like watching it again, like I just watched the Anthony Edwards dunk. Like, I don't know. To me, I'm kind of like, that might still be crazier to me. Because the dude fell. Like, he got so high. Like, he got dangerously high. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and my, Miles, uh, I don't know, Miles Bridges' dunk was just like, that looked like that hurt. Like that, that that looked like that hurt Clint Capella to get dunked on that hard. <laughs> you yeah, know what it I just mean? looked, it just, it, it was, was so Miles hard. Dunk, see, Miles' dunk was very, very aggressive, and Anthony's dunk was really, really violent. Like, if I had to put, like, the, if I had to, you know, use words to describe those ones, the Anthony Edwards dunk was so violent. It looked like violence. The Miles yeah. Bridges dunk just looked like, oh, man, this is going. Because, you know, you you knew that he was going for it as soon as you seen him take off at the top of the lane. You knew that. And it just, I, I didn't expect Clint Capella to jump, honestly. I didn't expect him to jump, and he did. Because I feel like Miles Bridges kind of has that reputation now, or he should have that reputation, right? Where you kind of make business decisions. That said, that said, I I will completely respect, especially a shot blocker, right? Like, that's just what you do. You're going to get dunked on sometimes. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, these guys risk that all the time, but they're going up trying to make a play. I respect Well, Well, tell that to Dwight Howard, because he caught a flagrant foul on Zion the other day when Zion was going to the rim. It's so, so I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. You're right, but you know, tell that to Dwight Howard. He's just petty anyway, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But there was an honorable mention here in this in this in this last few days of well the Anthony Edwards dunk happened a few weeks ago. But there's a there's an honorable mention that happened the other day too, where you have Paul George dunk on a rookie. Um I didn't even get the rookie's name, but he's a rookie and he's been welcomed. <laughs> I mean, he he absolutely christened this dude. And and you know what's what's funny is that, you know, like, yeah, I bag on Paul George a little bit these days, you know, because of the whole playoff performance thing. But Paul George has done this a couple of times to people this year. He he is, Oof. he has yeah, this year. I mean, in his career, Paul George does this. And you know what is funny? It's like it always seems to happen when his braids are real fresh. When Paul George <laughs> got fresh braids, he seems like he plays better. So we need to make sure, and you know what? They couldn't let people into the bubble last year. So maybe he didn't have somebody to do his hair. And we all know that people have beef with Rondo's brother. So maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something there with Paul George and having his hair done and dunking on people. I, I don't know what's there, but it's what? there. Look, look good, you know, feel good, play good. You know, that that's what's up. Also, man, I'm just looking back at this like there were a lot of dunks that happened the other day. Like Zach Levine's dunk. Zach Levine. Oh, see, the thing is, like, Zach Levine's dunk was more or less uncontested. But again, man, it, it's almost like it doesn't even matter. When he goes up, it's appointment television. Like, yeah, it, does, yeah. it doesn't even matter. When he when he goes up, his head was at the rim. He looked like, like, he, he, he like, he was go, go, gadgeted his arm all the way back to the ceiling. Like, oh, my God. You know? Like, like Anthony Edwards is one guy where, you know, everyone's got the memo. They're not gonna, I mean, not Anthony Edwards. Zach Levine is a guy where, you know, everyone's gotten the memo. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even the judges have, have cheated for Zach Levine. You know what I'm saying? So not, they yeah, know but when Zach Levine goes up, it's gonna be spectacular. You know what I'm saying? Man, yeah, he's done you're not, you're not trying Anthony to mess man. around. Yeah, you're not trying to mess around with Zach Levine. Carl Anthony Towns had a couple of dunks during that same game with On Zach the Levine. Bulls. Yep. Yeah, he, he, had, he had one against the Bulls. And, and, then, and then we had from this, but we didn't even talk about this one. We had Lonnie Walker destroying Melly from from the Mavs the other day. Like, oh, my God. Uh, ever since Lonnie from Walker... The, almost that, from the free throw line. Like, it was crazy. Ever since Lonnie Walker did that one... By, by the way, you talk, you're talking about haircuts. You're, you're talking about Paul George. Lonnie Walker 
got got his got his whole dreads thing, you know, his whole hairdo taken off, and now he's looking all aerodynamic and stuff. Now he's Ever making it dumb because he had that one. He did have that one that you was about to mention from a few years ago, where it looked like he just took off. Yeah, he and, didn't dunk. He didn't he dunk it. it. Yeah, see, he didn't dunk it. He he went for the layup and got fouled. But I swear to you, if he had dunked that, like when when he took off, my favorite. Like I still watch this video just for fun because when when he takes off. It's against the Nuggets. The entire Nuggets bench, as well as his own teammates, they jump out of their seats because they're just like, oh, my God, no. And then he lays up, right? right? But I swear, they all thought it was about to be over, that somebody was soon As soon as he jumped, they all thought. Yeah, I remember remember seeing Jamal Murray on the bench just being like, oh. Yeah, I remember remember that clip. NBA bench reactions are the best. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, LaMelo's bench reaction to Miles Bridges was hilarious. Oh, it was great. It was great, you know. I, I mean, but but let's keep it moving, man, because we got we got some we got we have one headline that we have to absolutely talk about, and it's not it's not necessarily a headline, but it's a game, and it's the Lakers beating the Nets. Um, I, whoa! First off, like it's not it's not supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, it's just like all right. So the Lakers played the Nets and they destroyed them without. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And the Nets had Kyrie. They had Kevin Durant. Yeah. So so it's like James, James Harden's out right now with a hamstring injury. But but again, this is this is the Nets team that is currently leading the Eastern Conference. They have two of the best players in the league still playing. Like obviously they're not at full strength because if they were at full strength, there's almost no way the Lakers win. But still, when you've got Kyrie and Kevin Durant, you're not supposed to lose to a Lakers team that doesn't have LeBron and AD. Like, their best player is, like, Montrezl Harrell right now. Or, like, or, or it's Dennis Schroeder. Actually, it's Dennis Schroeder. Put some yeah. respect on Schroeder's name, the German god. I've been watching his, his YouTube videos, him getting ready for the game, him showing off his cars, his lifestyle. And then next thing I know, him and Kyrie beefing on the court. But you know that's a, that's a whole nother conversation yeah. that we yeah, can no, have. We're, but let's stay. Let's stick to that a little first. bit. That that's kind of touchy. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna try to talk about it a little bit. But I'm just like, and then of course the Lakers go on to lose the next night as they should. You know, they they lost to the New York Knicks. But it's like that. I don't know. That game is just odd to me. Like, yeah, okay, it's regular season. Like over a seven game series, right? You're still not taking the the AD and LeBron less Lakers over the nets without even without James Harden you're not doing that but no, just for not. one game i'm just kind of like you know it, it makes you realize right that the nets still haven't gotten their big 3 on the court you know together for any length of time really it's been only, only been like 7 or 8 games that all three of them have played together mm-hmm. and and I they're still think- adding pieces they're still adding pieces lamarcus aldridge was playing they got blake griffin so yeah, they need they need they absolutely need some type of time to help build up some type of chemistry. And and it just it makes me wonder, man, like, is this gonna be a problem for them later? Because I or or are they gonna be so good that it won't matter, right? Because I'm getting these these vibes, right, with like past, you know, kind of super team teams, right? Where this this happened a little bit with with the Cavs um in their first year to get like in 2015. 
right? Where it's like Kyrie and, and like Kevin Love were you know, constantly hurt. And, 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 you know, then they were hurt in the playoffs. And then LeBron ended up dragging, you know, the, the Cavs, you know, against the Warriors through six games and lost and all that stuff. And then, then you've had instances with like um, that last year with the Warriors where people were in and out of the lineup. Uh, before Kevin Durant left town and went to the Brooklyn Nets and everything. You know what team it reminds me of? It, minus the injuries, it reminds me of that Lakers team with Carl Malone and Gary Payton and mm. Shaq and Kobe. Remember that team? It was like four Hall of Famers, and they yeah. couldn't get it done. Yeah, it, it's just like you wonder just like just not enough time, right, to figure it out because you look at it, right, and on 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 the surface, it's like, yeah, you got three of the the top 10 arguably players in the league, eh, maybe, maybe not Kyrie Irving, but definitely Kevin Durant as two of the top 10 players in the league for sure. Right. And well, then first off, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's going to be Kevin Durant, regardless of what's going on with Brooklyn. That's the one thing I am banking on them having. That's going to be a positive is Kevin Durant showing up to play as well as James Harden and James Harden, Kyrie, Kyrie, he's the wild card. The wild card. And it's not, and it's really not even a basketball wild card. The situation with Schroeder over the weekend, we don't have to get into the specifics of it, but, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a situation. I see that as frustration because they're getting a 30-piece from the Lakers who were LeBron-less and AD-less. And it's and just then, interesting. It's interesting, yeah, and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and, then, and then, he, then he ducks out the next game for, for quote-unquote personal reasons. And it's like maybe, it, again, with, with where the, the Nets are, right? You can live without that. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're a good enough team to survive with, oh my God, we only have Kevin Durant this game, right? And you know, in theory, like Kyrie's going to be back. James Harden's going to be back. Like they're, they're going to win the Eastern conference barring some kind of crazy run for another, from another team or, you know, even more injury hitting their team, right? They're, they're just more talented than everybody else. But again, when, when it's like he, when his head's not in the right place, that that could screw up the entire calculation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like there's no reason why this team shouldn't be just winning every single game in 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 a way. But I don't know, man. When you when you just throw in how mercurial he is, it just I, it's just giving me weird vibes. Now I feel you, and that's just the you know unfortunate situation that happened with the with, with Kyrie and the whole shooter situation. But again, you know if we're going to stick to basketball, you know the Nets got destroyed by the Lakers, that shouldn't happen. And is it going to be a problem for the playoffs? Yes, if they don't figure it out and get their big three on the court and playing together so they can get more time and really, you know what I'm saying, develop that chemistry. It's funny, too, because I don't really think that they're going to need a lot of time to develop the chemistry, but they need some type of time. You know what I'm saying? They just need to yeah. play together. They don't want to do it on the, on, the, on the fly in the playoffs. While we're talking about teams needing to develop chemistry and stuff like that in time for the playoffs, why don't we talk about a little bit of Chicago Bulls related stuff? First of all, let, let's talk about a couple of the biggest performances we saw from this past weekend. We talked about Zach Levine. He put up 50 points against the Atlanta Hawks in a loss. And then you had Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics putting up 53 in an overtime win. By the way, your Celtics are, are doing pretty well these days. <laughs> the Celtics are doing pretty well right now. It seems like, you know, it's it's interesting. I, and I always say this about the Celtics. Whenever they don't have the attention on them, they play well. Whenever they get the attention, they don't seem to play well. 
But, you know, you got Jason Tatum stepping up, and he's been kind of, you know, going all out the last couple of games, having a career high. He had 53. You know, they're, they're pulling it together. You know what's interesting about that point you made about the attention not being on them? Jalen Brown kind of alluded to that a little bit, that some of the the outside attention and the outside pressure um, has kind of messed with with their with their chemistry and their kind of flow a little bit, which I, I don't know. There, there's a part of me that's kind of like, come on, man, like you can't you can't be out there like saying stuff like that. Like this is you, you got to take care of business. It's like Boston media is not that bad. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, but, Boston media is, is pretty bad, honestly. The Boston sports media, oh, my God. These guys have no respect out here for these players. It's crazy. It's very, very, what have you done for me lately? And, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I guess I can consider myself a part of the Boston media. When Danny didn't make any moves at the trade deadline and stuff, I was on Twitter bashing these guys. But... I wasn't bashing the actual players. I was bashing the organization because they ain't putting the players in a position to win. But at the same time, you know, JT, Jason Tatum, he's getting, he was getting a lot of flack at, yeah. before, you know, right before the all-star break, right before the trade deadline. Jalen Brown though, you know, he probably, you know, he's speaking this way. He has a different perspective because he's been, he's been actually balling. You know what I'm saying? He's been actually showing up and, and, and doing what he has to do. And he can probably see how all the other things and all the other factors are affecting his teammates. And, and this is his perspective on it. And, you know, he's not wrong. You know, it's interesting because you mentioned Jalen Brown, right? Like Jason Tatum is the most talented scorer and, and you know, maybe the, the most talented player on the team. I, I saw somebody refer to him as the most talented player ever. But Jalen Brown is arguably the team's best player, like period. You know, right now, he's, yeah, I mean, he's he's been the guy who's been playing the best, and and so yeah. and so it's like I, I think that you know I, you you're willing to give him somewhat of the benefit of the doubt because he's been he's been consistent, you know, and and he's been, he's been playing well. I guess I just found it interesting that that he kind of came out and and said that, uh, but at the same time, right, like it's understandable in the sense that they are under a lot of pressure because they should be good. Right. Um, they, they, they should be good with with this team and they're starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, they came into to this week having won five of their last six games. So I, I think that, you know, maybe there is a little bit of something going on where, where they're starting to figure some things out and getting some some more comfort. Um, I realize we got off track because I said we want to talk about some bull stuff. So if you don't mind, because Zach Levine the, is playing like he could be an MVP. It, it, it's like if the, if the Bulls were better, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like the Bulls kind of like the Celtics are another team that is kind of hard to figure out, you know, because the the Bulls are currently 10th in the Eastern Conference right now. So they are they are literally right on the bubble in terms of being able to be in that play in game, um, you know, to, to make the Eastern Conference playoffs. Right. Yeah. The play in games are really going to shake things up this year. It's it's going to be so interesting because because the Bulls have been kind of lackluster, right? Uh, you know, for for the most part this year, um, but they're still holding on to that spot. I don't know if the Raptors have it in them to catch them. Um, the Raptors and the Wizards are kind of right there, only a couple of games behind. Well, we'll see what happens. But the Bulls are interesting because you got Zach Levine, who's an All Star, 
And he is he's he has taken his game to another level. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and he's out there like, like that 39 point first half he had against the Hawks was the third most in a half in 25 years um, mm. in, in the first half, I should say. Right. Because Kobe obviously uh, Kobe obviously had this big old half that he had in his 81 point game. But in the first half, he trails only Kobe Bryant's 42 points in the first half from 2003 and clays 40 in a first half back in 2016. He just keeps balling, you know, yep. and, then, and then you got, they just traded for Nikola Vucevic. He's getting his, mm -hmm. you know, he's yep. settling in that two man game is really nice and they could get damn near anything they want, any shot, any time, because teams have to show them so much respect together. Aside yeah, from man. that though, there really isn't a whole lot else. You know what I mean? No, there isn't, there isn't, but, but if they can keep, stringing together a couple of wins going into the end of the season, potentially get themselves in a, in a spot where they're playing in for the playoff game. And if they actually get in, that's, that kind of reminds me of another team from last year that I've been talking about and they, they're actually doing well this year, but we're going to stick to the Bulls. But that reminds me of the Phoenix Suns and just the building of the chemistry, them getting it together and, and finally starting to see what they're capable of when they, when they actually come together and they're on the same page and they got that coach out of there that, you know, that didn't really want them to win. Like they, it's a, a lot of the toxic energy is gone. I feel like right now it's a lot of positive energy and you got your best player on the team playing like the best player on the team. If they can keep that up, man, the Bulls next year could really start yeah, off hot. I think I think that's really it. It's about it's about next year at this point because whatever happens this year, they're not going anywhere in the playoffs. Like even if they did scrape out the eighth seed, the seventh seed, or the oh eighth no, seed, they're not winning the championship. No, no, because because they, they're going to get blitzed out out the first round by the Nets or the Bucks or you know Philly, wh wh whoever it ends up being in that top spot, you know. But but it is about next year, and you've decided that Zach Levine's your guy. Um, mm -hmm. You gave him the big man partner that he wants and that he, and that he's going to play well with. I think we've already seen it. And then and if you keep some of those players, like, like you said, if they actually do make it to the playoffs and you keep a lot of this core team together, that's that right. There's experience and, and, and very, very key chemistry for them to come together next year. No, and like, this is what we did last year. Now, if we just, you know, apply a, a little bit more pressure, we can go a little farther. See, it's interesting because I think of it as, you know, basically Levine, Vucevic, and Patrick Williams, the rookie they just drafted number four overall. That that is that's your core. Those are those are your three guys that it looks like they're gonna build around. Everybody else is kind of like, none of y'all really need to be here. So it's a matter of who does stay. You know what I mean? Like who I feel like in a lot of ways, this little playoff run that they're about to have is an audition for who does stay next year, right? Because, you know, Lowry Markinen to me, looks like he's about to go. You know, he's going to be a restricted free agent if memory serves. And yeah. he hasn't really done a whole lot of, of, of anything to justify him being here past this year. Not, not yeah, he hasn't he hasn't really bounced back from his injuries that he's had. Um, I do think that, don't get me wrong, though, I do think that he's going to bounce back next year. Um, he's just having like that that Gordon Hayward effect, you know what I'm saying? When he's coming back from injury, he's not quite there. And it was it wasn't like it was a, a, a just a minor injury. I mean, he was out for a while when he was injured. So I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But you're right, 
you're not wrong. He hasn't really contributed this year, but I don't think that that should be the reason why they give up on him. No, maybe not. Maybe not. We we will we will see. I'm not terribly optimistic, but there's definitely still some talent there. All right, let's take a break. Let's go to halftime real quick before we get into our next topic, and let's do cash and trash. You know what's up? Trash. Yeah. All right. So, I want to go ahead and 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 just let let's do our offering of trash. Trash. Let's get it right out the way. Good. You do your All trash right. first. You do your trash first. We're gonna go trash first, and then we go cash. Yes, sir. What in the hell is going on with Kyrie Irving? Trash. Like, we've we've already kind of referenced it in in, in stuff, you know. So to me, when it's bad enough, right, that that he got he got punked by Dennis Schroeder. You should never like, Okay, I I like I like Dennis Schroeder. I do. Um, I think he's a solid player. But if you're Kyrie Irving, you should not be getting punked by Dennis Schroeder. You're better than that. You're above him as a player. I I don't know. I just I I don't love it. I, I really don't. And then you've got Kyrie Irving being basically like, it's all because Shooter called me the N-word on the court. And and now now you're gonna now you're gonna go with that. That's why, that's why you tripped out. Like, okay. Try. First of all, let's not even talk about the fact that I just saw a video of somebody showing Kyrie Irving on a pickup game saying the exact same thing to somebody else. Try. Okay, let's, yeah. let, let, let's let's not let's put that aside for a second. Yeah, yeah. I don't really want to go into the, like the whole history of this word because there's there's a whole lot of actual published works you can read about what that word means nowadays, you know, or, or not, not even what it means now, but what it what it's meant in terms of how you know black people have used it versus how white people have used it. You know, you can go ahead and read that. We're not we're not here to do that whole thing. But I just want to read this tweet from Kyrie Irving. The N-word is a derogatory racial slur. It will never be a term of endearment, reclaimed, flipped. Never forget its foul and true history. Throw that N-word out the window, right alongside all the other racist words used to describe my people. We are not slaves or ends. Look, man, on one sense, I can understand that, yes, there, there, that, that word definitely derives from a really terrible history. But I also feel like the only reason you're talking about it right now is because you're mad that somebody punked you. And the Lakers are giving you a 30-piece, and LeBron and AD are over there having a blast on the bench laughing at y'all. Like, that's like, honestly, like, that's what I was feeling, too. I was feeling that. I was feeling it. It's, it's not genuine to me, honestly. And, and, the, and the thing is, like, it's also, like, you... It definitely would have been more genuine if you played the next game. <laughs> But but I mean like he he's he's on, he's on his thing right now is is what I, what I feel like he's on one of those one of those tilts where you just you just don't know what to expect from him and and you know what to an extent right like I don't I don't want to minimize people's uh, you know concerns about using it or, or discomfort about 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 that that word being used you know by, by black people or whatever like you could feel how you want to feel about it but I just. I'm sorry, Kyrie Irving, get out of here, dude. Like, first of all, it's, so so it's all good if you want to do it or whatever, but when Dennis Schroeder is basically calling you a little punk because you're getting punked, now you want to cry about it? I want to hear that. I don't. Try. I don't want to hear it either. All right, man, well, Kyrie, you got to get it together. Not you, the other Kyrie. Try. I'm going to tell one. you what I got for trash. And what I got for trash, really, 
it just comes down to the NBA referees right now. And, uh. and, and I don't even really know if it's if I'm mad at the referees or if I'm mad at the rule that empowers the referees to just give players technical fouls to things like showing emotion. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I've been seeing a lot of players get ejected over the last couple of weeks. I've been seeing a lot of players get technical fouls. Now there are some situations like the Kyrie intruder situation where I can see them getting technical fouls. I don't think they should have been ejected. Like I don't think they should have both been ejected. I seen the Morris twins both got ejected in a game against each other, which is just hilarious. Right. One brother was just like, "Well, if my brother's not playing, I'm not playing either." Yeah, He's yeah, like, I'm like, out I'm out. <laughs> So, but but I'm just saying all that. I seen Jason Tatum get attacked for just like bouncing the ball, um, mm -hmm. and I and, and I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You know you want to keep these players, you want to keep emotions in check, not the players in check. You want to make sure that the emotions are not getting up to a point where there's going to be any type of physical altercations. But in a lot of these instances, like I'm seeing players get dunked on, and if you stare at the player for too long, you might get a technical foul. That's the like, worst. Oh, I hate. Yeah, that. the stuff I stuff like that. that Stuff like that just, I feel like, takes the fun out of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to scream after I do something crazy. I want to be able to, you know what I'm saying? Like, slam the ball and just say, you know, ah, whatever it is. I want to be able to let off that little, that that frustration after a play or a call, you know, it doesn't sit well with me. And do it controllably, do it in a controlled manner, and not get a technical foul. Like, I don't think that every time a player you know, shows aggression or 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 goes against what a referee's saying and stuff like that. That should warrant a, a technical foul. And I absolutely don't think that players, um, after they do amazing things on a basketball court and kind of sort of not really taunt the opponent, but like, you know, give them their, uh, their little trash talk, shouldn't be getting technical fouls because I feel like that's part of the game. That's definitely part of the game. No, I said, no, that kind of thing's soft. I totally agree with you. Yeah, you let, talk let's talk, cash, let's talk about trash. Let's talk about some literal cash. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Alex yeah. Rodriguez, former baseball star, the New York Yankees, Seattle Mariners, Texas Rangers, all that stuff, is partnering up to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves for, I believe, around $1.5 billion. Like, Woo! Like, like, we're talking about real cash. You know what I'm talking about? So, okay. Like, the, the main thing that I'm bringing out with that is there's speculation that they might want to move the team out of Minnesota. And, oh, and yeah, yeah. And, and, and now for, for now, for now, I believe the plan that is being reported, the plan is to keep the team in Minnesota. But, you know, you can't trust billionaires. They're going to move. They're, they're going to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Uh, once you start hearing rumors about billionaires moving and doing stuff like that, they're usually true. Absolutely. And so. My question is, you know, because this is the one that's probably on everybody's mind right now. If the Minnesota, if the Minnesota Timberwolves did move, do you want to see an NBA team back in Seattle? Man, I would love to see an NBA team back in Seattle. The Seattle Supersonics would be fire. I want to see an NBA team in Las Vegas. That sounds wild, but I want to see mm. them in Vegas. I think yeah. Vegas would be a a great spot. I think it'd be a great business move for the NBA. I think, you know, I mean, with sports betting becoming more legal and, you know, I mean, you see how the hockey team in Vegas is done. Uh, I think Vegas would be a cool spot. But Seattle, obviously, um, Seattle makes sense because, you know, they had a team already and they already kind of have the infrastructure and all that stuff. And, they, you know, they could probably use it. Absolutely, man. And, and you know what? I, I think 
You know, it's interesting because because uh, you know the Minnesota is definitely not a hot spot. Yeah, it's interesting because Vegas. It's literally it's literally cold. <laughs> Yeah, no, for real. I was actually just talking to somebody from Minnesota yesterday. Like, so I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Chicago, but those Minnesota winters hit different. Like, I got family up there. Whew. I don't, I don't miss going up there, though. I do miss them. I, I miss hanging out with my family. But it's interesting you mentioned Vegas, right? Because Vegas already has an NFL team now, and it seems like they're mm-hmm. kind of trying to expand into into that lane. So I'd be intrigued by the idea of a Vegas team, though I know Seattle's been starving for for some some major professional sports, right? They got the Seattle Sounders of the MLS up there, but you know, definitely so and and the Seattle Mariners as well, right? You know, A Rod. Love the Mariners. That's, that's the thing. A Rod's got some got some ties to the Seattle area. So that that's another thing oh. that made me think of it. Yeah, because he used yeah, to Yeah, yeah, that could definitely happen. I didn't, I didn't even yeah, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. Didn't yeah. I didn't even think of A Rod having the uh, you know him you know starting his career there and you know playing with Ken Griffey and all those ties and stuff. Didn't even think about that stuff. So yeah, I mean it's probably more likely that they end up in Seattle. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm definitely got I got my eye I got my eye on that for sure. All right. So I mean that's some literal cash. And if A Rod actually does take the team to Seattle and stuff like that and gets them out of Minnesota. I can see some players wanting to go to that team. So let me tell you what my cash is. It's not literal cash like you talking to 1.5 Billy, but it's Zion Williamson. Man, Zion Williamson has been killing it, killing it, killing it. And he's my cash for today. And the reason why Zion's my cash is because point Zion is just unstoppable point blank period and it's not even about him running point guard but it's his stats i'm going to tell you zion's stats for the last couple of games all right so against sacramento he had 30 against cleveland he had 38 and against philly he had 37 the game before that mm. he played brooklyn he didn't play uh you know more than 25 minutes he had 16 but then the game before that against atlanta he had 34 and he's doing this while shooting 61 percent 72 percent 53%, 66%. The guy is so efficient on the court. And not only that, putting up at least four assists in each one of these games. Like, at least seven, eight rebounds. He's in his second year. He's looking like he's in way more shape. And it's just really, really amazing for me to see Zion doing what he's been doing on the basketball court, considering the fact that I thought at the beginning of the season he was out of shape. Yeah. And yeah. he's not out of shape at all I definitely he look he looks good and my thing with him is you know he's such a matchup problem when he's bringing the ball up the court like first of all he, he's showing that he has pretty good playmaking instincts you know yep. like like he 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 makes the, these great touch passes you know it's like if he's if he's going in the lane he's penetrating like it seems like he he always is able to have the vision to find a guy in the corner like like i've seen him make some really nice passes like that kind of reminded me in some ways of the kind of thing you would see from like a lebron james you know like yeah. true, true you know point forward style you know yep 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 and, and and also though it's just like when he's out there and you you're forcing a big to guard him coming up the court He's just going to go by him because he's too quick. He's too quick. He's too athletic. He's just going to go in there. Then there's no shot blocker at the rim and he's going to dunk it. Right. People are underestimating his speed. His speed is something that people, and they underestimate it because of his size. And it's just like, you know, we're not in that man's body. 
we don't know how to control that thing. Like he knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's clearly insane. Yeah, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. So that's that's pretty much my cash. Just what Zion's been doing over the last couple of games, and just like just thinking about like him not playing his full rookie season, and just like seeing what we are, what we're, we're getting now. The NBA has a, has a bright future. So we have one more thing to talk about before the end of this episode, and it's a team that you know, has so much promise, but at the end of the day, they always show us who they are. And it's the Los Angeles Clippers, but it's the Clippers plus playoff Rondo. Mm-hmm. Do you think it matters? I've been kind of going back and forth on this, honestly, because I think I, I, I mentioned this to you before. When he when that trade first happened, Lou Williams for, for Rondo, I was just kind of like, Really? Like that, like that's the play. That's that's what's gonna get you going all the way. Yeah, you, you didn't so, see it. You didn't see it. I no. saw it. I saw yeah. it. As soon as it happened, I was like, "Ooh, man, game changer." Now, now the thing I'll say is right. So, so he had a slow couple of games or whatever. You know, he played. He played some minutes. Didn't score much. You know, but he did is, is typical, right? He's he mainly dish, dishing out assists and you know grabbing rebounds, directing the offense, and doing that whole thing, right? But. I think that the, the the important thing to remember, you know, that that I that I you know am trying to remember as well is that it doesn't necessarily matter how much he's scoring; it's about the other stuff he does well. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. It's it's about him directing traffic and and just kind of being that steadying presence, or even just being on the bench and telling people like, "Look, this is like this is what this is what I, I'm looking for. This is what you should be looking for. This is what I'm seeing out there, and, and all that." And then in his third game there, he dropped like 15 points, you know. So he kind of gives you that that all around thing. But again, it's it's like I'm trying to make myself remember too. It's not about the regular season with him, is it? It's about the playoff, playoff Rondo. See, what Rondo with me, the thing with him going to the Clippers is this. I think that he's going to be able to inject himself into that team and have an authoritative role and do it in a way where he demands and gets the respect from the, the other older players, the IE, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Pat Beverly's, because they are, I feel like those players respect Rondo and who he is and what he brings to the table and what he's done in this league. And they, and I, and it's, you know, it's, I feel like, you know, Rondo being a high IQ basketball player is a universally known thing throughout the NBA. So I think that these players are really going to lean into him to try to help themselves through using Rondo as that vessel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's really going to happen. And I think Rondo, is gonna take that role and really, really embrace it. Um, he's definitely the older guy, and he was playing that role when he was in Atlanta. But playing that role on this Clippers team is a lot. It hits different. It doesn't hit like I'm the older yeah. guy showing the young bucks around. It hits like I'm the older guy that actually, you know, got some experience and got a couple of rings. I know Kawhi got a couple of rings and stuff. Yes, you know what I'm saying. But he's he's usually the man, and in this situation, Kawhi's the one that needs the help because clearly. Paul George just isn't enough, and Pat Beverly and those guys just aren't really bringing what what they need to get over that hump. I think that Rondo could take a lot of pressure off of the main guys, like you said, by helping direct things and put those other players in position to really help this Clippers team do what it needs to do to to compete for an NBA championship this year. And do I think they're going to win the championship, Rondo? Um, it really depends on what happens with the Lakers. Mm. Yeah, so I think I think with the Clippers, what what I what I'm seeing is right? It, it's it's about the mentality, right? Because I think that in the playoffs last year, they got tight, 
I think. And, and when it came yeah. down to it, and that, and that they had that something happened. I mean, they was shooting basketballs off the side of the backboard. Yeah. That's not normal. <laughs> and, and, and right, they had a three-one lead, and and they blew it to the Nuggets. And I feel like with a with a, a veteran kind of also like killer instinct sort of presence on there, like like Rondo. And I, I don't think that. Kawhi doesn't have it right I'm kind of looking at you Paul George you know what I mean and, and it's like maybe maybe Rondo doesn't make all the difference on the court but I really feel like in that moment where where you're kind of looking to who's who's your leader going to be in in this moment or who, who are your leaders who are the guys that are keeping you grounded and keeping you like look man like these things happen teams go on runs uh you know it like this is just natural how do you push through that and I feel like to an extent right like the the Lakers went through that a little bit with the heat last year so so I mean the first couple of games it looked like it was going to be easy and then the heat punched back and then the Lakers punched back and and you know then then they kind of you know traded you know through through the end of the series right and you know but but in that last game Rondo and like Alex Caruso and so like they had huge games right you know it's it's about who who is it when when the stars aren't necessarily going crazy and getting it all done like you expect them to do you know you you expect big games from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George night in and night out but the, eventually it's going to happen where they're they're not going to be 100% on their game like yeah you know you don't you don't necessarily want to see Kawhi Leonard only score two points in a fourth quarter like he did in that game 7 last year but sometimes that stuff's going to happen where they're just not going to be on it Who's there to keep you grounded? And if you need somebody to help set you up instead of you having to be the one to do all the work, is there somebody who can do that? And from that standpoint, maybe Rondo does make a difference. This is where Rondo comes in. This is what I'm saying. This is exactly where Rondo comes in. He's going to make a difference, and he's going to step in and do the little things that people like Patrick Beverly is too caught up in playing defense to do. Rondo's going to be able to make those little, those winning plays that matter, those little steals from behind the back, those rebounds that matter, all those things that matter. And then don't let Rondo mess around and get hot. If Rondo get hot, you could be in for a long night. You know what I'm saying? And he can get hot many different ways. I'm not just talking scoring. You know, Rondo can go from five assists to 20 assists in a matter of minutes. So, you know, this is something that you really got to pay yeah, it does kind of feel that way. I mean, that's the thing. Like when he's feeling it, you know, when when he when he feels like he's got you, like he just knows what you're doing inside and out. And I mean, God knows this dude has seen everything, you know, at, at this point through through his through his NBA career. He's seen it all, right? So at, at, at this point, when when he feels like he's got you dissected, I mean, like you can you can see the confidence in his play. And and he'll he'll score on you. He'll he'll call the same play over and over again and set up a different person every time just because he can do that. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That is a fact. All right, man. Well, let's wrap it up there, man, for this episode of I Think I Know Basketball. It's been a good one. I'm your boy Keese. I'm your boy Kyrie. Till next time. Till next time. We'll be back.